Welcome, everybody. It's a delight to be here. Thursdays come around so quickly, don't they? Um, unfortunately, today we are absent two of our blondes, which you may have noticed. So, unfortunately, Caroline wasn't able to join us because she's currently at a press event, which I hope she'll tell us all about next week. And then we've just had poor Sam, bless her, whose um, son's been taken to A&E as a result of a football accident. So, Sam, we really hope um, that Teddy's OK and let us know how he gets on. And we're thinking of you, my lovely. And we're joined today by the fabulous Cindy Coyle, who I have the privilege of introducing you to shortly. But before we get there, we're going to do our usual, which is how's the week been going for you so far? So lovely Penny, I'm going to start with you, please. Yeah, it's been really good. You know, I've been um, on a sort of self-discovery. I did this, you know, we do this in little moments throughout our life, isn't it? But I wanted to really look into my physical health a lot more, um, my sleep, um you know the feelings where you're physically feeling drained all of that sort of things mentally I feel strong and good and so I've been to an acupuncturist and um I've had a really amazing time there learning about Chinese medicine and your yin energy it's been amazing and he's done an incredible job actually in making me really think about about that so I feel very sort of balanced and happy um in terms of work um area it's going really well. We, as some of you know, we're building Fit 100. We've got 51 members now, so that is incredible. Um, so it's very hard to find them, and also <clears throat> every member has to be very diverse because we don't want any. We want them to have their exclusive space in their expertise. So we've got 51 members. We're looking for another 49. It gets harder and harder to find that mm -hmm. in reality. Um, but I thought I would just mention here. We've got a bit more time to talk today because there's only the three of us. Um, you know, some of the things I do is I reach out onto LinkedIn to experts to, and I want to either hire them to present at our masterminds or hire them as experts to present um, and teach in our Bit 100 group. And I pay people to do that. And it's a really nice message. And I just thought I would talk just briefly because some people might have this problem with selling because you're reaching out to people ultimately because you believe in what you do, like Cindy, you know, fantastic, like you, Kim. You want to help people. And I think my message is quite good. And I got this quite abrasive message back from someone. Um, and I thought, how am I going to handle this? Because I don't get this very often. And he basically just said, you know, I know you're basically selling to me. Um, I'm not naive. Um, I fully understand your sales approach here. And I thought, that's interesting. Because actually, I was reaching out to him as a connection because I thought he would be quite good as an expert for us. <laughs> so I was actually looking to hire him. But that immediately put me off him massively because I thought that's actually quite rude. And ultimately, we're all small businesses. We're all wanting to reach out. And even if I was trying to reach out, why are we all so terrified of somebody selling to us when that's what makes the world go round? And I know we don't like sales, but everybody has a problem. We all have problems and we love having our problems solved. So, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. If anybody's listening to this, you got to get thick skinned over these things because I actually wrote back to him and I said, this is the first time somebody's written back to me like this. And I'm not a sheep in wolf, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, but don't worry, I'll disconnect if you don't like my energy. And he wrote back a really apologetic message saying, I absolutely know you're not. I'm just having a bad day. And it was interesting that if you actually do go back into the conversation with someone, you get them a give them a chance to maybe stop themselves from looking quite so defensive and difficult and actually we've ended up having a lovely conversation so i just thought i'd share that because it's right there happening today 
and it's a great story you know, and it can happen to us all can't it we don't have we don't always know what's going on in somebody else's life and therefore we can tend to make something mean something and this is the challenge is we don't respond to factually what's happening we respond to what we've made it mean I had something similar where I sent many months ago now sent out uh, an email to a couple of people that I knew to ask if I could give them an update on what I was doing and seek their advice uh, you know as people that I uh, that I knew and respected and I had somebody come back who was really quite abrasive with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I've offended them. They think I was trying to sell them something. And I actually wasn't. I genuinely wanted their, their help. So I immediately went back massively apologetically to say, I'm so sorry. Like I've completely um, missed the, the, the point that I was getting across to you. And I can see how I could have caused massive offence. It turned out they'd not they'd not recognized it was me they said we just thought you were some awesome woman yeah. so uh, they didn't know us and we'd missed that actually it you you were you and now that I know it was you it's like oh my goodness yeah let's grab a coffee let's go and have it let's go and have a chat it's just you want to see how many people try and sell to me from a cold call basis on a day you know on a daily front where they don't know me at all yeah. he said because I've not recognized your surname I thought you were one of them <laughs> so yeah, that's so, so I think it's it can be hard, can't it? It can, and I think what we have to recognise, just go, carrying on with this theme a bit, before mm. we'll spend both of time with Cindy, is that, you know, in the old days, I grew up in telesales, and people used to slam the phone down on them. And, you know, then there's all it, mail shots through the post, and you don't know how many go into the bin. And there's something about, you know, some people just have this abrasive attitude when you're trying to build your business. And I just think we've got to calm down about this, really. It's it's what is wrong when anybody writes to me who are obviously selling, I will write politely back to them, say, you look like you have a fantastic business, lovely to get to know you. However, at the moment, I'm not in the market. I don't know what is wrong with just being loving with people when they're trying to connect with you. Yeah, and I think I mean, like for, for me, I, I always try and seek to and I connect with people to go, yeah, I'd love to learn a bit more about you and what you do. I'd love to be able to tell you a bit more about me and what I do. And then I'm not suggesting you're going to want what I do. I'm not suggesting I'm not going to necessarily want what you do. But at least if we know about each other, we can help look at our own networks and see whether or not there's valuable connections we can make. Um, and that's and the power. That's the power. I think it's the seeking to understand. It's like, you know, I, I co-host, as you know, a networking group. And I'm always very clear in that. I don't tell anybody what I do. <laughs> That's not my point of being there. My point for being there is to find people that I can connect to, to help them to both get to know other people in their networks and to hopefully either grow their business or just grow their network, grow their connections, because it can be lonely, can't it, in business? We can have those moments. And, and then we meet people. Like, you know, I'm very fortunate. Penny, I'm, I met you when I, I joined the Mastermind group and, and the, the lovely other blondes. Uh, Cindy, I met you through the networking group. And actually, you know, you build these real friendships, these people that are actually a core part of my support network and the people that I look forward to spending time with. And that doesn't mean to say you've got to sell anything to them or they're going to sell anything to you. But I think if we if we seek to understand then actually that's going to be how we grow isn't it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so chill out I suppose is what we're saying chill out a bit when people contact you out of the blue actually welcome a new connection to your life <laughs> it's a yeah anyway and I think for me sometimes it's uh, ask a few more questions first I do sometimes worry when people immediately like they've connected and the first thing they do is solve all my problems and I'm like you might want to check I've got a couple before you solve them for me whereas at least if you asked me something about me first then I'll know that you actually are interested 
in that connection in wanting to um, to meet the person yeah. it's a little bit like if you went and met somebody for the first time in a pub you wouldn't walk straight up to them and blurt out everything that you did and give them your price list would you yeah, you know? yeah, yeah absolutely first. so yeah, I, wonder, absolutely. I wonder if we need to take some of that personal etiquette and play it into the uh, into the social world but we could we could, I'm sure, debate on this um, for, for you and for our listeners. But it is my utter delight to introduce our fabulous guest this morning, um, the lovely Cindy Core, who I have the privilege of um, being friends with. And we met through um, a networking group. Cindy's got one of the most um, fascinating stories I, that I always find really inspiring. I love that way that you actually built your career um, through your corporate life, uh, working in kind of branding and marketing, which I know you're going to share with us. And then you overcame the challenges. When somebody told you you couldn't do something, you were like, no, actually, I want to do that. Um, and went and became a makeup artist and then started to really work on the fact that very often, for, particularly for women, we can use our makeup as a mask. I know I certainly do. Nobody in the world needs to see me without my makeup on, apart from my poor child who's getting quite used to it. But we do put this mask out to the world. But actually, it's about what we do behind, isn't it? So, Cindy, Welcome, my lovely. Um, can you share with us a bit about your journey so far, please? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so my background is in corporate marketing in the beauty industry. And so I worked for one of the UK's leading health and beauty retailers for it was like 13 years. And so I was international marketing manager and global trends manager for uh, beauty. And on the outside, it looked great. You know, I got to work with celebrity makeup artists, trends prediction agencies, got to travel the world looking for cool products and um, traveling business class, staying in five-star hotels. So it looked great on the outside. But what people didn't know on the inside was that all the striving for pay rises and promotions was driven by low self-esteem. I had to prove to other people that I was good enough because I didn't actually believe it. And so I'd work really hard, I'd get my promotions, and then I'd feel like a fraud, the imposter would come up. And so I wouldn't really enjoy it. And then when it came to, I think it was 2003, things went belly up. Um, I had a huge burnout. And I went from literally being a workaholic, working sometimes 60 hour weeks, to not being able to sign my name on a piece of paper, because I thought, well, what do I write? I'd just completely gone. And I remember the first three weeks, I lay in bed just looking at a white ceiling. And if I looked at a colour stronger than white, I physically threw up. And it's almost as if that everything had gone. So overnight, you know, I'd lost my, uh, my, my, my job, my title, my, redundant, my, my um, identity. What happened, you know, I signed off work for eight months. And then at the end of that eight months, there was a huge restructure and our whole team got made redundant. So it's almost as if this whole mask, this whole identity that I'd spent 13 years creating suddenly just crashed. I had no idea who I was. And so I went into depression. I had anxiety, had panic attacks. And I'd burnt out so badly that my GP at the time said to me, Cindy said, you've got to come to terms with the fact that you might never be able to work again chose not to believe because by this time I'd actually started working with my own life coach to just try and make sense of what was going on and what I learned was how powerful our belief system can be in shaping our perceptions of reality 
So our belief system can either help us to create stories in our head and keep us stuck where we are, or it can almost set ourselves free and help us to create new stories and new belief structures around where we want to go. So I chose not to believe that I was never going to work again. And I carried on working with my coach for several more months. And the changes that I felt on both a physical and a mental level were so profound that then I took some of my redundancy money and I spent a year retraining as a coach myself and shifted some of the, the stuff around low self-esteem that was going on. And um, so basically now I help other people on that journey through a coaching program called Your Power Behind the Mask. Oh, I love it. And it's such an inspiring story. And and I, whilst I, I didn't get myself in, into, into that space, I completely appreciate what it's like when you lose that identity, when you lose that. I remember the first networking group I had to go to when I'd gone on my own versus um, being with a big corporate title. And I remember sitting outside going, you can't go in there, Kim. No one's going to want to talk to you because you've not got this thing to hide behind that says I've got a big you know, big brand that pays me to do this big job. And actually all I've got is little old me going in there. And it's ridiculous because we're all in that same boat, aren't we? We are all just who we are. But when that imposter takes over, it can be really hard to quieten that inner voice, can't it? Is there any any tips you could share with us on, on how you've been able to overcome that and help other people to overcome that? Absolutely. So, you know, I'm just thinking that one of my clients has just come into mind. She had a very successful six-figure corporate career. When she set up her own business, doing exactly the same thing, she was getting all the leads coming in, but she wasn't converting them. And when we started digging into it, it was nothing to do with her ability, nothing to do with her business. It was all about her self-perception. There are so many big brands out there who are brilliant. Why would somebody want to come to me? And once we started to turn around some of her limiting beliefs within herself around her own self-perception, things just clicked. And I'm not saying it happened overnight because it takes us time to shift our stuff, to learn new behaviours, to change new patterns, to fail a bit. Um, but she has now got 20 members of staff because her business has grown so much. And we didn't work on the business, we worked on her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What I'd love to really talk, dig, dig into is, is what's interesting is what is driving us, isn't it? And um, I spend my life around business owners, okay? So although I do speeches at corporates, I don't really get into the mindset of being a corporate employee. What And I hear about this burnout a lot. What is it that is causing people to not be able to say no and stop and put their boundaries into their life? Because I know there's this sort of, um, the corporates are the big bad wolves and they, they, you know, the leaders make us work so hard. But is there a shared responsibility? What is stopping people from saying, you know, I don't need to do 60 hours and I am okay? What is it? What's going on? So I, I think it's about our self-perception. You know, if you think about, you know, why, why we learn to wear masks, you know, when, when, we're, when we're babies, we come into this world and we have high self-confidence and we don't need anybody else's permission or approval. So when we want something... We, we ask for it, and if we don't get it, we scream. And then when we're toddlers, again, you know, the first word we learn is no, and to put boundaries up. But what we get conditioned socially is to say yes, 
and to get other people to like us. And then when we're children, what we learn, so th this is kind of the, the background to, you know, to, to your question. Um, when we're children, we learn that in order to get our needs met, we have to start to give our power away. And so, for example, tied to your room, you can't go out to play, finish your dinner, or you, you, you won't get pudding. And drip by drip, we learn to give our power away over, over time. And underlying creeps in this message that you're not good enough as you are. If you want my approval, then you've got to conform to my expectations. What nobody tells us when we're a teenager and we, we, you know, we become more self-sufficient is that we can take that power back. So what we end up doing is we carry on giving that power away in relationships, whether it's business relationships or personal relationships at work when we want promotions. And we learn that we've got to conform to what other people expect us to be in order to, um, to gain that approval to get our needs met. And, you know, so, so when I look back to my corporate life, I could, if, if you took me now into that position, the outcome would be very different because now I've got boundaries, now I've got self-esteem, now I don't need other people's approval, now I've got some experience behind me. So I, th I think it is a shared responsibility. Yeah, that's really interesting. So from a, so corporates, and I know, Kim, you're working with corporates in leadership as well. So corporates are... You know they don't want they want to help people they want to empower they want self-empowered people ultimately is this down to the type of leadership and development they're doing should they be doing more about helping people to have those skills i'm going to be really honest i think so what, what i experienced was people at the top of corporate brilliant entrepreneurial really wanting people to, to come on then you'd get people on the ground who, again, were brilliant. What I found was that sometimes you could get a middle layer of people where if you didn't fit in, well, I might be stepping out of boundaries saying this, but you know, kind of, I'm, I'm okay doing that. Um, what we found was that sometimes there were groups of people who wanted to impress people above them, but didn't want to be threatened by people below. So the people who fitted into that kind of persona, into that sort of clip, your face fitted, you, you, you'd rise, but if not, then sometimes you wouldn't. Yeah. So something also, Kim, is, um, there must be something here, I know you want to say something, but around parenting, because I was just thinking about, I've got adult children who have, all have known their boundaries and I felt often more controlled by them because, you know, I've never tried to control them in a way and they turned out absolutely fine for it. So there's something about parenting, isn't there, here right from the very start, I suppose, is there? What do you think, Kim? Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. So, so I think um, for me, you know, when I've, when I've dealt with, with corporates over the last 30 years, they, they remind me a lot of being at school. Um, in that you, um, you have kind of the popular kids, you have the nerdy kids and you have the group in the middle that just desperately is trying to fit in and because it's such a large population of people you end up almost with with those clicks and therefore whatever we've carried with us from our childhood whatever we've um created as our perception becomes our reality so you know i often say that perception like possession is nine tenths of the law if i perceive it to be true it's true mm -hmm. um, and i spend a lot of my life um not feeling good enough um 
for a, yeah, for a variety of, of reasons. I spent most of my corporate life terrified people were going to find out I was just a hairdresser and that I shouldn't really be there, that I didn't really fit in, that I wasn't, I hadn't done what I was supposed to do. I hadn't gone and got the degree. I hadn't got the A-levels. I hadn't got the education. I hadn't got the, whatever it was. They didn't need any of that. They didn't want any of that. They didn't even have any concerns that all I had was an MVQ. I did. I, I carried that with me and not just from, from the way I was brought up, but because I think it's not just, you're not just brought up in isolation are you by your, by your parents and, and they're going through kind of what, how they were brought up as well. But it's about the environment within which you um, grow up and the people that you look mm. to and learn from. Um, I, you know, and I think for, for a lot of mine, it was definitely, I was brought up in a, you know, seen and not heard kind of environment. So all of a sudden, moving into corporate life where you had to be heard <laughs> seen yeah. was like oh my goodness right okay this doesn't feel this doesn't feel very comfortable um and I almost had a horrendous approach and uh, I don't know if this resonates with you where it would be um do as I say not do as I do so I would say to my people I don't want you to work loads of hours you don't need to um actually what I want you to be able to do is find that balance is to be able to um you know to to do the job within the hours within which we pay you and how do I help you to be the best that you can be but that wasn't what I was demonstrating so I was demonstrating working every hour if somebody if somebody rang me at two in the morning I'd answer and I'd have somebody said they'd always go why have you answered I'm like why have you rang (laughs) that would be this ridiculous conversation but I grew up in an internet bank and they expected you to be on call 24 7 at the level I was at so you were expected to be there to support because yeah, we were we were small and we wanted to be there for our people. So I think that didn't help. And, and I'm sure I didn't help a lot of the people that I led over the years because it was a case of I'm asking you to do one thing, but I'm demonstrating. Yeah, you're setting the culture that way, aren't you? So, so, so Cindy, when you're helping people now, because what I love about what you're saying is, and I, I went through it myself, where you have your identity and then you have your truth. And there's this gap in between. It sounds like you help people sort of close that gap and find that freedom within their truth. Is that is that sort of am I understanding what you're doing well when I say that? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, people that often come to me and say, you know, okay, we're, I'm conscious. I'm I'm living behind a mask. I've never thought about it like that before. But what do I do? Do I just go and rip it off and get out there and 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 just show everything to everyone? I normally say no, um, just hold back a little bit because if we're not strong on the inside and we we go and reveal everything to everybody out on the outside, then that can actually do more harm than good. So I normally say reconnect with yourself first at quite deep level. So that's kind of the, the, you know, the process that I take people through. Um, Also be selective about what you reveal to who you're still in control. So um, the first thing we do is we look at, your values get you really familiar with what your individual you know your, your personal values are because we hear about um company values social values family values but as individuals we have our own values that drive how we respond and behave around things and when we really know our values then we can start creating strong brown strong foundations strong boundaries and so that, that's the basis then we look at our belief system and um, challenge what we're believing. So, Kim, you're saying about you know the, the the child, the parent thing. So you're absolutely right because what I described about my experience in the corporate world was my experience through my filters and my perceptions. 
if I went in now, I'd probably, because I was projecting my stuff onto other people, I'd probably experience something different. So it's like reframing all that. Um, but also, you know, challenging your beliefs around relationships, whether it's personal or business relationships, around money, around how much you're worth, how much you can charge, how much you can earn. And um, then check your self-esteem, because how we treat ourselves is how we give other people permission to treat us. So it is exactly taking that responsibility. So what we do is we go through this process. And what um, I've realized is when we get to know, like, and trust ourselves and get into that strong position, it becomes safe for us to take our masks off. When we take our masks off, it gives other people to take their permission to take their masks off. And it's in that place of vulnerability that true connection happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah. So tell me, how do um, how, how do you work? Where, where, where are you based and how do you work with your clients? So I'm based in um, Nottingham, right. but clients around the country because um, I can do quite a lot on Zoom. Yeah. So um, the, the coaching program I run, it's 10 sessions over the space of about four months. Nice. And so, you know, we really start off by looking at what's working in your life, what isn't. Um, we, we, we dig into the values, we look at your beliefs, we look at um, your self-esteem. And normally when we're working through that, themes start to come up. People normally have themes around, it might be around money, it might be around trust, it might be around um, just not knowing how to run their business. And then, then, then we sort of really laser focus, so it's very tailored and individually individualised. And so you're mostly working with business owners, are you? I, I work with quite a few people who've left the corporate world and set up their own business because what I find is that, you know, when, when you run your own business, it's totally different to being a small cog in a big wheel. Mm. And like Kim was saying, you know, when I first came, came out from the corporate world, you know, the corporate world, I'd hold up my business card. People would recognize the logo and it was come in, have a copy, sit down. What can we do? When, it's, when you're selling um, your own brand, then you're bringing your own personality into it. And when you've been trained to behave a certain way, it's very difficult. Sometimes you can become very disconnected from who you really are. So it's really about let's get to, get, let's get to know who you are at a deep level and then bring that out. I had um, one client who um, very quickly, um, you know, she, she was a, a woman in a man's world. So she thought she had to behave in a certain way in order to get clients. And she, again, she was really struggling. Again, when we knocked out that on the head and said, let's bring your values, your belief, let's let's work with that. And she's now turning over six figures. Yeah, brilliant. It's probably very underestimated. I know you've done it, haven't you, Kim? That shift from corporate to business ownership, and you've done it, Cindy, as well. It's probably really underestimated how hard that journey is. I, th I think we just end up um, very disaligned. I love that, Cindy, what you do is help people journey back to be themselves. Because I think, you know, for me, there was almost an element of in my corporate life, you had to go through the interview to get the job. But once you'd done that, you kind of you were in and, and you sat under the brand, didn't you? Um, whereas as a business owner, every day is like an interview. You know, every person you meet, you're trying to um, demonstrate what value you can bring and how you can help them to solve whatever challenge it is that they need solving, which is kind of what we do when we go for an interview. Um, and who, you know, who really would love to have a life where every day is an interview? And yet as entrepreneurs, kind of that is the life we've chosen for ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, you know, really interesting, as a chartered marketeer, one thing I get people to do is unlearn everything that they've learned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, when, when especially when they're selling their own brand, it's case that there's a lot of resistance selling, marketing and selling. So I say to them, let's forget about marketing and selling and look at look at connecting and serving. Change the language, change the energy, change your mindset. All you're doing in marketing is you're trying to connect with people. And then mm-hmm. when you're selling, all you're trying to do is serve them. And when it comes to helping them get to the point where they're marketing themselves and then they're starting to sell and negotiate to, to, with clients, um, and I suppose I'm thinking more about people that sell time, uh, um, sell the services for time for money type people. Do you find that they have to really work on how they that they undervalue themselves a bit and they find it really, do, is that another area they need help with? It's, it's, again, it's that self-perception, that self-worth. And, you know, quite often they try to sell money for time. And actually, you think you're not, you're not selling your time. You're selling your expertise and the value that you're bringing. So if somebody is, um, you know, turning over six figures as a result of the coaching, and then you're charging them £25 an hour, that's just completely incongruent mm-hmm. with the message. So, it's, but, you know, what's your positioning? What's your brand? Where are you, where are you, who are you serving? Yeah. what value are you adding and then bringing that I think what we do is you know it's quite often we say well, we pay for that so nobody else would and it's it's about just knocking some of that out and saying actually get out of your own way yeah 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 I love it we could yeah. literally touch you all day yeah. I can't believe the half hour is nearly over so I well. ask you if there were one top tip you could leave people watching this with today Cindy what would it be you know I, I quite often say to people um, don't take your life self or life or business too seriously. You know, we come into this world with a crown on our head. And our job is to go through life and to find the jewels in the crown. And those jewels are in our experiences and the people we meet. Mm. We'll, we'll try things, we'll fail. But in every failure and every bad relationship, there's a jewel, there's a learning to be had. So go through life, take those learnings, put the jewels in your crown. And you'll eventually come to a place where you've got the wisdom, you've got the, um, you know, the contacts, you've got the ability to do what you're here to do. Yeah, it's lovely. How about you? <clears throat> well, I, <clears throat> I've got the sense that we've all been working really hard, and we, I know we mentioned this a lot, but you know, the last 15, 16 months, we've, I think, we've all worked intensely and very productively. But we've got June, July, August. It's going. We're going to have some nice sunshine in the UK. I feel. Um, so I just think actually maybe practice how your business grows if you slow down a, a bit. So just see if you could slow down in order to actually build your business because I've certainly seen that a lot in myself. And I think um, just being a bit kind of to myself like that has actually helped me to build a much stronger business. I love that. Both of you, such great advice. So I think you're right. You know, I always say that everything in life is either a lesson, a blessing or both, even if at the time you don't really know where it is. So I love that whole jewel analogy for, for looking for those things that life's given us. And I think then giving ourselves back some time, you know, we can't continue to operate if we don't take care of ourselves. So great advice on both of those. Ladies, it's been an absolute delight. And for anybody watching, if you'd like to join us and be sat where Cindy is, then please do get in touch at www.businessblondes.tv. And we would love to see you here too. Cindy, thank you again so much. Penny, always a delight. Take care. See you all next week.